What's the Crack Podcast, proudly sponsored by JMR Property Maintenance. From rewires to extension builds, JMR have it covered. Contact them today for a free, no obligations quote. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What's the Crack Podcast in proud association with JMR Property Maintenance and the Rialto Plaza in Coventry. Um, on the subject of the Rialto Plaza, we uh, do have our live show, our debut live show, February 18th. Uh, <laughs> I had to think then. Uh, with Noel Whelan. Tickets are available. Drop us a message on, on the socials and we can direct you in the right place. £15 a ticket, £25 for VIP. Wow, nearly messed that one up. Um <laughs> You, you may have noticed there was the crack. We, we've expanded a little bit um, in, in the last couple of weeks. It's not just been me and David. And one of our newest presenters, we thought, you know what? Best get to know him, eh? So I'm joined today by AD. How are you, mate? I'm all good, mate. Yourself? It seems a bit strange doing it again to know you after I've done a few, uh, a few, well, a few lives and a few pods. I think I've done. What two lives sort of like uh, three three pods with you guys now? So it's a bit strange getting to know you afterwards, but hey, it needs much right. Yeah, well, that was the thing. A bit of feedback we had was, you know, everyone else who's who's done the pods, Alex, Craig, um, James, Penny, they've had their getting to know. So me and Dave did one. Don't go back and listen to it because it's absolutely horrendous. Um, you know, we, we thought, why not get to know you a little bit? Uh, our listeners get to know exactly what Aidy's about, not just the shirt man. <laughs> the shirt man. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Do not associate me with that handle because that handle is a hell of a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, we're not going to talk too much about shirts. We will get onto it at some point. Uh, but we want to talk about your love of Coventry City and football. So let's do what we always do and go back to the beginning, mate. Your first City game. Oh, mate, I, I had to do some thinking about this and I, I know which one it is and I was just trying to make sure it is 100% it and it, it is, right? So, 1993, last game of the season. So, it's, it's it's the end of the spy on Cop as well. So, it's the last game there as well. So, it was Cov versus Leeds and it ended in a three-all draw, mate. So, it was a, fucking, it was a massive game. Um, then I can take from that. I can't remember the Cov scores for life for me because I was only a little kid. But I remember Rob Wallace when I had yeah, absolutely pinged that. Yeah, absolutely battered us, mate. Absolutely battered us. And it was at the end of it, mate, there was fucking it blew up and there was a pitch invasion. And as a kid, I thought, fucking hell. Imagine this each week. It's fucking hat tricks going off, free free draws, fucking pitch invasions, everything fucking nuts. Imagine <laughs> as, a, not as a kid getting on the pitch for first game. Just, <laughs> mate, I was about seven. I was sort of seven thinking, this is oh, I'm gonna be on the pitch every week at this rate, but no, absolutely fucking it was um it was limbs. Everywhere and that it was it was ridiculous. It was the first game, mate. You think about that, and you think there's, there's no surprise that you get hooked by a game and and by the city with what's gone on with that. Because if you'd have got a, a bore, boring nil nil, you'd have been real fucked, wouldn't you? And that it has been like, oh shit, mate, what a fucking team. But this is back in yeah. Premier League, mate. So it's absolutely banging. That's why I'm really tempted to take my daughter up for a first game this year because with the feel good factor at the minute, which obviously we'll come on to later. I think she'll be hooked and she'll love it and she'll, she'll want to come. Whereas right. if I would have took her 
you know, League One relegation season, <laughs> you, you, you ain't getting them hooked, are you? Mate, there's um, some dire consequences. I, I, I look at what you're saying with that, right? And we, we can revisit if you want, but it's, I took my lads to a game over in Brooklyn. Shit, I think it was when we lost the tram there, mate, 1 0. And we should have actually, we should have done them. We should have done them left, right, and centre. Right. You should have been a quickest score. Yeah. Um, and he came off the back of that. He was tired, he was bored, he had to travel all the way back. And it shows what being back home is, right? And he's obviously got a season ticket again this season. And he's obviously going to it. And he's, he's now the opinion. Like, like Carl was back in that three all draw. You can see. You can see he's buzzing after the games. You can see him buzzing during the games when we score and that. And it's yeah, it's it's a it's a momentous difference being back at back at Fortress. I'm call it Fortress Rico, mate, rather than nobody's gonna call it a CBS. Mate, it's like everything else in Carve, the collie. It's not yeah, the no, yeah, it's, 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 it's a collie, mate. It is a collie. Um, you, you know, I still direct people by where Wolves was. You know, Wolves have been there for years, but <laughs> yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been, I don't know if it's a coughing or what, but it, it's just the way we've always been. Um. Weirdly enough, mate, my first my first game was Leeds at home as well. Just a couple of years later, um, but again, it was that we won two one that day. John Salaka and Noel Whelan scored. Um, Noel Whelan, so we've got a night with them. Get tickets. Um, <laughs> Same was plugged that night. Um, but again, I, I must admit, like I was gripped that night. It was this is amazing. Did we win every week? And then we played Birmingham in the cup a couple of days later. Coca Cola Cup. That's how far back we're going. Yeah, so far back we're going. Um, local derby atmosphere, and that was it. Those two games just had me, and I've never let go. It, it, it's mental. Um, no, one thing. This this was my question because before you came along, I was the shirt guy. Um, but I, I think if we were to play the top trumps, I'd, I'd lose a little bit here. Can you, <laughs> can you? Obviously, we know you've got an extensive collection of city shirts. You were yeah. first. My, my first, yeah. So it was the, is it 90, 93, 94? So I think it was, it might have been before that. The red and white bird shit shirt, mate. It's, it's just what I was saying. So if you remember the bird shit shirt, and I've got a photo of me wearing it, I can still get, I still get into it. I've got into, I've got into it loosely, and it's, um, yeah, it's tight. It, it nearly gave me a bloody early to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I have got a picture of me in it recently because I think somebody posted on it. So what's your oldest on Twitter? What's your oldest? What's your oldest shirt you still got? So I, I grabbed it out of the attic and stuck it on. And I had that when I was seven or eight. So it might have been a nine or ten year olds. But the fact I can still get into it shows you how fucking small I am. Um, I, I am like a yeah, I am not Frodo. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, Frodo. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was that shirt, and I mean, it's I've all the shirts. I've, I've got it, I've got it as an adult as well, so I've still got that shirt. But in comparison to that, is I've still got, I think I've got a full kit as a kid still. So I, I'm I'm waiting for when my lad grows into it a little bit bigger because it's probably going to be a bit too big for me, especially now I've stretched it a bit more. Um, so I can have a picture of him on it, and you know, and picture me in my adult kit. So we've got it. But that's that shirt, mate. And I suppose that blue and white bird shit shirt. If you think back to the Premiership days, and obviously things getting kicked off, people will go with that straight away. Mickey Quinn, and that comes into your head straight away in that goal-scoring period, or Wegley wearing it and stuff like that, Rosario wearing it and all that. It's, it's Roy Wegley for me that I think of. When I think of that shirt, I think of Roy Wegley. But again, those names you've mentioned, they, they, all, they all come to mind, don't they? Mate, they all, they all spring up with those shirts. And it's it's mad how... That, look at that shirt and think, oh, back in the day, it was probably criticised quite heavily. Oh, fucking hell, that shirt. And you think back, Norwich had a similar one. They had the Egg and Crest one. Yeah, where it's, it did, yeah. It's Chris Ribeiro, right? And they had that, they had those manufacturers making these shirts and they're, they're a bit funky and they're probably outlandish what they are. But 
nowadays you have someone like Wolf been looked at and think, oh, what a shirt that is. And that's the throwback, I suppose, in some ways. The last season's shirt, bottom edge of it, if you think about it, that's that's what, what the throwback was. You know, it didn't have the top half, but it was that that tip of the hat to the old 93, 94 shirt that we had from a Ribeiro point of view. And it was, it was a nice, it was a nice touch, but yeah, it's it wasn't well as well executed as probably I thought it should be, but it was it's much better than this season shirt, put it that way. I'm still I'm still not having this season shirts at the moment. I'm not. I'm not. Um the home one's growing on me a little bit. A little oh, bit. I'm, I'm, still, probably, I'm, I'm probably not buying it because you know how it is. You you always end up yeah. buying a shirt. Um the away one I got I got it from my daughter. The second a pink kit was announced, my daughter would I did I, I had to get <laughs> All it. Over it. Yeah, I had to get it for her. She loves it. Um, and I, she told me I had to get it too until Friday night when I seen, and I'm, I'm sorry about this if it was you, but I seen a fat bloke walk past me wearing it. Now, I'm not tiny. Anyone that knows me or has seen me knows I'm a big <laughs> lad. I seen this fella walk past with a bit of a beer belly, and I was like, no, that strike goes right down the middle. That's doing no papers. <laughs> Looks like it's been zipped up, mate. It, to be fair, the shirt was that tight. It went a little bit white in areas. It was stretched that much. <laughs> well, but, nah, that ain't for me. That ain't for but, me. So. I, I, get, I get people like this season shirt. Right? And I look at it from um, face value. And Huma have been great for us and great link-up. However, this season, and I, I realise they've gone away and tried to do something a little bit different. So they've not done a nod to anything old. They've done, with the exception of the away, and I'll get on to that in a second. They've not done a nod to the old with the home shirt. They've tried to bring something new to the ground. I think, you know what? And I can see the link to go back to Rico. Again, stick the Phoenix on it. Phoenix, from the ashes, coming back together. And to be fair, we have a good season this season. That shirt will do well towards the latter end of the season when it goes on sale. And no doubt it'll go on sale. It probably won't end up in m M&M and again because I've, I've heard rumours about that and talked to, talked to a few people that know about m M&M and they've gone, yeah, we got in a bit of shit for that. So um, that's, that's a different story and I probably can't talk too much about that. Um, but yeah, it's... It'll, it'll sell later on in the season. I've not bought any of them yet. Um, right. The only shirt I've got is is the white return shirt, which you're wearing now. And if, even that, that one, that's what I call it. Yeah, and even that one, mate. I just I don't think that's been executed that well and compared to others. You know, Middlesbrough have got a presentation of their stadium on their home shirt, and have done it much better. Then I look at I look at well, Bristol City's warm up shirts, and they've well, got well, gone, mate. When we played Borough at home. As we were walking out, I was walking out with David and I pointed it out because one of their fans walked past wearing it. Yeah. And he went, that's exactly the same as what we've got. And yeah. I went, no, mate, that one's better than what we've got. Yeah, yeah. It's um, executed better, mate, in terms of design. Yeah, design it, it, the dog's sketchy on ours, mate. It, it, it just felt a little bit easy. Yeah. Um, and- I think because they'd done it for Borough, it was an easy thing to do. For me, the, the Rico, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent about shirts and I knew we were going um, but for me, I thought the Rico Return shirt should have been blue and white stripes. Should have harked back to that shirt we wore when Klaus Jorgensen scored that goal against QPR. Yeah, yeah. It well, should have been it wasn't... blue and white stripes for me, but again. Yeah, we, we are. We, as you say, we are going for tangent. I suppose you, you're a thing that winds up and I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave shirts alone, well alone, because you know I can carry on going and you have to stop me because I digress quite heavily when we get to shirts. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, I look at other people's shirts and warm-up gear and the, the design for the people. I called up Bristol City a minute ago, and Bristol City yeah. have got the best warm-up gig. I mean, you look at their multicolour patterns that they've got on that warm-up shirt, and they've known they're flipping the flipping Bristol Bloons. They've got flipping bridges on there, and it's a fucking outstanding bit of design warm-up. And then we get this fucking 
off the shelf, and I know you can't have everything the same, off the shelf training gear. And I just think, oh, come on, it's going to be something a bit better. And the progressed, the progressed so I think I hopped on last year and said, I, I, I wouldn't say I contacted Hummel, but I called him out for it in the club and said, Bristol City have got some outstanding walkout jackets, anthem jackets. Why the fuck haven't we got them? Yet this year, we've got nice warm, I said walkout jackets. The, the blue one's nice. Mm. And I'd like to see that on design as our first team kit. I think that'd have been much better because it's more like a heart back to flipping the old Adidas kits and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, you know, there's loads of different stuff we could do there. I just hope that the third shirt, whenever that gets announced, is a little bit better and they, they look at, I don't know, they look, look at... Or Riot. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be, mate. I'm hoping that's, yeah. that's going to be a feature next season of the aways. But I, I generally think due to how people reacted this year, you might see something completely different again next year, not a throwback, but we'll see. Well, I'll leave you alone now. Uh, one last thing that I had a conversation with Tyne and Scope uh, yeah. on Twitter when the shirt was announced the away shirt because I said it was a copy and paste from last year oh, he, he was quick to tell me it wasn't um, whatever Tynan. Um I, I, I respectfully disagree um, but I, I said you know what, what about the purple and yellow and he said it is on the list of things that the club want to do Um I've also heard a rumor that the away shirt could be the third shirt if there is one could be red. Um, oh, so you've heard that? I've heard, I've heard orange. I've heard orange. Yeah. So, so something tells me it could be along that sort of that sort of line. Look, we'll, we'll see. Look um, green now. I don't. I don't see where an away kit comes in for us too much this season. We've played teams in blue away, like Millwall, and we wore our sky blue. Um, QPR, we wore sky blue. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see. I think Blackburn might be the first game that we, we're forced to wear the pink kit um, away in a couple of weeks, which you know I'll, I'll be up there for. But we shall see. Um, tonight we, we're recording this before uh, before the Luton away game um, tonight. Um, it ain't so, we wear, is it? Let's face facts. No, no. Although we wore the, we wore the city culture city of culture shirt there last year. Mm. Um, I, I can't see us running away kit tonight. I, I think we'll wear the sky blue. But on the subject of away games, that this is a. I'm getting good at these little. The, the gateway backs. The gateway back. Yeah, go on. Um, pinnacle of any football fan is an away day. Uh, we, we all love one. We've had some great ones recently. But can you remember your first away day? So it, it came the season after my my home. I think so. Obviously, that was the home was the end of the season. So '94 was after that. So it was, I think it was away at Leicester, mate. I'm trying to look back and I had to look back through the results and the fixtures to think when was it that I went and I wanted to go there and it would have been Leicester because it was home, it was close to home. So yeah, Leicester away, two all draw, can't remember the scores for them, but I know Web, Weggerly and Dublin score for us, but I can't remember anything about the game, mate, because I've, I've been to that many of the games since. You can't, away games, it's slightly different, right? You can remember your first home game, I can remember it well. I can't remember any of the goals in that. The difference is, I suppose, you're going to move on to the next game and go, what's your favourite away game? And I can remember more about that, which is a strange one, because it's it, it's probably it's later in that season. Perfect. You're doing my job for me, Eddie. It's as if you're a presenter, mate. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the next question is favourite away game. And we do like to have the caveat that it's not Notts County or Man United yes. in the cup, because they're the two easy ones. Um, so yeah, really give us that hint that it's not that. So um... it's it's not. No, it's it's neither of those, right? And that's, the one for me that's out in my mind, mate, because it was it was 
big in there. It was big going there. And the fact I saw somebody score a hatty um, that season against a big club, it made it more memorable. So it was, I think, my favourite away day, and still to this day, was the 3-2 win over Liverpool at Anfield. Anfield, yeah. I mean, I, I went, I've been to Anfield both from an away perspective. That makes sense in terms of... Yeah. Been there from my home point as well because I've got family up that way and I've got supporters either side blue and red. So it's I've been up there for both reasons. So going there and having tickets for that and seeing Nuddy banging at trick, obviously one of my pen, and it was it was a special day, mate. Because it's not something because a cough fan at that point in time. You look at their team again, the Liverpool team, it was outrageously talented versus yeah. our lot that probably had you know we had Nuddy in it, we had uh, Brian Burrows in it, we had been you know it's just like that. And you think David Rennie, oh shit me. You know, stuff like that. It was uncomprehendable that we we went there and turned them over and give them a good hiding as well, really, when we look at it that way. That was absolutely outstanding, mate. And the, the fans that day were as good as they are today, I'd, I'd suggest. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right there. Um, the, the way following at the minute is, is, has got fantastic. On the subject, is, is tonight your first away game this season, AD? It will be, it will be, mate. Thank you for hammering me for that because I think uh, I've been hammered for mates and that being a. Uh, I, I wouldn't say under the thumb, but kids and life have got lots of doing stuff, and it's the first time I've actually yeah, had a chance to get away. I, I would go back. I tell you what, another favourite away game. It's going to seem really, really daft that I'm saying this one, and people, are, what the fuck are you on about? How can you have enjoyed that? I went away to the baggies. We got pumped five 0 it was one of the best away games I've ever had for atmosphere alone. Because I think we went yeah, two nil we down the first. Day. Yeah, when I say we, I mean fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the team, the team was short, right? But we went two down the first like three minutes, I think. I mean, we gave away a penalty as well, but we, we took a full front and we were doing the. We were that fucked off of everything. Nobody left. Everybody stayed there right to the end. We were doing congas around the stand and stuff, and that was as. <laughs> As a fan, as again, as probably as a, I don't know, as a teenager, mid twenties, or something like that. But again, as a fan, that gave the inclination that actually our fans are decent away from home, and not they, we can be fickle, right? And we can be really fickle at home, but away, you're getting pumped five 0 and the baggies fans couldn't understand how we're out singing and having a good time. And I remember bumping into a couple afterwards in the pub, and they're going, "What the fuck about? How were you doing a conga when you're five 0 down?" It's like, well. We're there to enjoy the day, lads. You know, it's you've got to make the most of it. Yes, we're getting pumped, but let's still, still support the team and get on. Let's try and give them something. Can, at least they've got people there that are backing them still. It's, yeah, it's a weird one, that, mate. Mate, 100%. I, I work with a West Brom fan, uh, Cam, who, who does listen. Um, and me and Cam have this conversation a few times. We, we had a couple of seasons where we played West Brom quite a lot. There's the one at home where Miffs got sent off early doors that, that, yeah. that we, we, we seem to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, and I seem to remember Paul Robinson loved playing against us for a period of time as well for them. Yeah, like you know, there was that sort of era. You know, we we kind of had a lot to do with with West Brom, um, and that's one game we talk about because he was there that day, and he always says it. Like everyone around them were looking at each other, going, "What are they doing? Like they're getting absolutely pumped." Yeah, you know what is going on. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a hell of a day. Um, you, you've mentioned some some class players uh, over the course of the last twenty minutes or so. Um, but who who's your favourite ever player to wear the t shirt? This is a really difficult one, mate. Because I I don't think I can 
I don't think I can pull one out, to be honest, mate. There's a, there's a core group of three or four that I look at and think they're all up there for what they did probably during that 90s period. And yeah. just kept us in that that division because there's, there's no, no... Let's face facts. We had a core group of players. Some of the players probably weren't good enough to play in that division at that time, regardless. And I'm not going to name names because I think it's ridiculous to start harping back on that and saying as a kid, I, I thought that was shit. But the Dublin Huckabee, Whelan, McAllister era, that... That's where I'm sitting, you know. I'll probably I'll probably take McAllister out of it because he was class. He was never had. He was never the most exciting, if that makes sense. So he never got them on the edge of the seat. So, but the other the other two, I was with the three Dublin. Okay, I can forgive him for going for Villa, and a lot of people can't. If I had to pump for two, mate, you go in hooks or wheeling just for the fact that edge of the seat players and are both fucking dreamboats. Hawks, what a guy. Honestly, anyone who knows me, I, I'm surprised he hasn't blocked me on Twitter for harassing him <laughs> and being a bit much. But the guy can still go. He posted a picture of him on holiday the other day and he's in unreal oh, shape. I've seen it. He looks like he's going to put fucking uh, creosote on him. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, he looks like David Dickinson with a tan, right? Um, he's definitely been carried up, hasn't he? But, like, he's in phenomenal physical shape. He could probably still go. And... A decent level too, um, mate. Um, but, I'll, I'll follow him as well, mate. And I'll follow him probably for the exact right, same reason, mate. A little, little family kind of day, and I still fucking I, I, he interacts as well with people, and he's liked a few yeah. things. Follows me a couple of times, which is always nice, and I get that. And he's always quite complimentary of Cov as well, which is which is really good because you'll get those players that leave Cov and they're not very complimentary of us, and that fucks me off as well. It's like we, you're giving your best party career, taking money off us. Played okay, fans adore you, and then you're fucking treated like shit on fucking socials and stuff like that. Oh, you shit. I was a shit period. He, 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 he was the first person to break my heart when he celebrated for Leeds. And, ah, uh, a job, mate. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, but as a kid, I didn't understand that. Yeah. And it broke my heart. And then, you know, I, I, as, I've, I, as I've got a bit older, I understand. And to be fair, I've messaged him about it, and he's kind of, he's kind of answered me and kind of, Put that demon to bed for me, is that as it sound? And to, and to be honest, mate, we, we talk about stuff like that. And if, if I was a footballer, mate, that was that was playing against the football, would I be the one of these muted celebrations? So I look back at so Lingard of a week scored for United against West West Ham, and he fucking yeah. he pushed it down. He's on fucking loan. He's on loan there. He go back to United, and he might have a chance if he performed while going back. I would have absolutely fucking ain't ain't shit. If it was me scoring against my former employer, I'd be pulling fucking the other boy always out all the fucking mate, time. Best celebration ever. Mate, yeah, exactly. I'll be doing that week in, week out. Look, what everyone forgets about that game, everyone's like, oh, Adewayo was a money-grabbing fucker, left to go to Man City. Man City at the time were a dominant force. They, they were just getting in, in, into the peak of where they wanted to go. Of course, he wanted to go and win the league there. They were also paying a lot of money. I get that. Football career, sure. But yeah, when... Man. You had the Arsenal fans shouting the derogatory racist comments they were at him. Yeah, mate. I would have sprinted three football pitches to celebrate in front of them. It mate, was unbelievable. Same, same as uh, Billy Sharp did it, wasn't mate? So he, yeah. he gets Derby County. So Derby County, him a load of shit. And he's being a real fucking horrible to him. Scores that pen and fucks off and goes down that end. And I thought, fair play, kid. That's what, exactly what I'll be fucking doing. Showing yeah. him and giving him... Obviously, you can't give him the Vs, but give, give him what the fuck fucking right. And the Mate, I, I, I would have. Did you hear what they were singing to him? I, I didn't. I didn't hear it, mate. I just heard his comments afterwards. And what he said, I thought fair fucks giving it some shit and going back they to him. Exactly about mate, fucking bang out of order. I just. I, mate, we, we, we can go different ways with this. Yeah, we can go different ways with this, mate. And this is the sort of shit that I fucking I can't tolerate. It does mean with the, the racist abuse, and we can go a different way with it. I know 
when I was having a chat to to Guy Mowbray, I said something something similar about what would you, how would you deal with that when you see shit like that to Guy Mowbray? And he says, "Oh, it's difficult, isn't it?" And I said, "I just throw the fucking books at people. I'd strip points off people." And like he, he was looking at it a different way. I think, but I'd, I'd fucking not do it regardless. Look at the final. Look at what's just happened with Hungary, right? We sat and watched that game against England on ITV, and you can hear the monkey chanting. Yeah, you can see man. them do it. It's on camera. You can see it throwing bottles of throwing beer at the lads and everything. And they got a hundred thousand euro fine in one game stadium ban. Shocking, man! Isn't it? It's dropping it's the ocean. Bullshit. It, it, bullshit. We, I mean, we could go off a tangent on this as well, mate. We could tangent off because it's the same sort of shit with you know our, our Derby County being treated, and I, I get they're in financial turmoil and all that shit and. I've been through it for me. I know people fucking call me out and go, What a knob! It's right to do so, it's right to do so and penalize the club. You can't, where else you look? People go, Oh, he's penalized. Tough shit, it's associated to the club. But the problem is with that is those teams in the AFL get treated like complete shit because we're, I won't say we're lower snake belly because you look at fucking Berry and they've, I'll have demised, right? But you throw that the other way and look at the Premiership and look at the fucking Super League that was intended, look how they've been treated. Slap on a mission. Don't don't be naughty, boys. Make sure you fucking go. No, absolute bullshit. They should have been hammered with fucking millions of fines and the fucking points deduction and said and banned from those European competitions. I'd have fucking gone to town. That's not because I don't like the leagues, because I fucking think European Champions League and stuff like European football is fucking brilliant to watch. However, it needs to be shown that they've got some fucking teeth and they don't do it. They're just too much for fucking pussy to do anything like that. Nah, I, I, I agree, mate, 100%. And again, we could, we could go on a rant. But we want to talk about things that are a little bit better. Um, and that brings us on to the current season. Yep. Uh, which, at the minute, as, as as we sit and record now, we're fourth, third? I think, yeah. Third. It might be even joint, joint second still, mate, isn't it? So um, I don't know if it is. I, I, I know if we win tonight with the six goals, uh, by six goals, we go top, but I can't see that happening. Um, yeah, we are third, mate. I've just had a quick check on my phone. I've been here in front of me. So, West 22 points, Bournemouth 21. Always on 19, mate. Unprecedented that we're fucking there, right? If I told you that we would be sat down at the end of September and we were in the playoff position, the playoff positions, you would have told me, stop drinking, go home, have a rest, sober up, and we'll have a conversation another day. Yes, mate. 100%. I'd, I'd probably think I'm sniffing glue myself, mate, to be honest. That's why yeah. it's um, it, it, it's, been, it's been unreal. It's been unreal. Um, what do you think has been the main difference this season? So there's, there's, there's a couple of things, mate, to be honest. I think whilst Robbins and Vivesh are top, top people in terms of getting the most out of their players, I, I think having a settled group and people transition through have shown that that it can be achieved, right? And that's going to be one of the things is going, look where we've come from, look where we are now, so we can achieve again. I think Lawrence made a massive impact, mate, beyond the scenes. Jeez, I think in terms of his, look who he's, look who he's worked with. He's, he's worked with like the Belgian national team, with Martinez quite closely. He's got a completely different outlook on things, mate. And I didn't realise how, it might be a bit fucking, Deflammatory of him. I didn't realise how intelligent Martinez was in terms of how he, he looks at stuff and how he set it up until I watched that documentary on him on it. It was an eye player and it's absolutely fantastic yes. how he looks at stuff. And stuff like that, if he's even taking that little bit away and put it into practice and how they develop people, how they look at people and how they look at the transition from, let's say, the squads, and it could be the youth squads, mate. Let's talk from like say under 16s to first in the gateways to get there. 
that makes a massive difference, mate. So stuff like that is, is obviously huge. But I, I, I think I think that, that that closeness that we've got at the moment with, and it's got closer right this year because we're back home in commentary, is going to make, mean a lot to the fans. It's going to mean a lot to the club and the players, and you've seen that. So you build upon that, you build upon that feel-good factor, and it, it translates from the stands to the pitches. I've got no no doubt about that, and that helps. Um, and I, I think some of those relationships have been probably the best we've had them since Cesar took over. And I'm not, and I'm not going to sing yeah. praise, right? Because I still think they were at fault for a lot back in the day. But they've got a lot better and a lot better at communicating with the club through Bodie, a lot better at trying to interact with the club through the socials. However, there is still a fucking gap in the market to try and get people interacting with them. And that's the sort of stuff why we do what we do, right? And trying to close that, I think, is probably one of the things that they need to close off quite quickly to make sure that they've got... People know that the, the first-team players are real people they have they have things going on a lot to talk about it, and you can have that relationship with them as well and try to hear often because one thing that we're not very good at at the club is that um yeah but yeah generally speaking mate, i know i've gone off a bit of a tangent again and tried to, to, to i'll try to come back full circle i just think the fact that the the club seems to have a foundation and base at the moment is is big mate and we, we're trying to plan for the future and not just for the here and now which has always been issues with not just the high club but other clubs as well and that's how you get to so much shit so there's, there's loads going on. I think we've we're taking those small steps forward, mate. And by doing that, hopefully it consolidates where we are this year. And again, what I don't want to do, and it, we're hitting the dizzy heights now. I'm just saying we're sitting third, sitting in these playoff positions. And I don't want us to, to fall from grace, if that makes sense, this season. What I don't yeah. want to do is have a great four months of the season. You get to Christmas, you, know, you, you do the Obrey shit and you tumble with away and people forget about it because that would be devastating. But to, to even finish in the top half, mate, is is an overachievement, overachievement for us. I think most of us, we looked at it last season and thought, if we can survive and do what we've done again and play decent football, that's what we're doing. Um, what I don't want to do is either is is people like Robbins, Vivesh, Lawrence start getting put on this pedestal as these great fucking coaches and people come sniffing because that'll be the detriment of our club and it'll be, it'll, it will go back into fucking turmoil, mate, for me. I think that's the stuff that if he went, tomorrow what would happen and I, I don't I don't like to think about that yeah 100% uh, one thing that I've touched on with this season is I think the players have a, a lot more self-belief compared to last year I think they, they realise they belong at this level now uh, they're yeah. not just league one players that have got lucky and got promoted to on points per game that they've proved over the course of a full season that they belong at this level you know and, and you can see that in the likes of McFadden yeah um, I agree um, even Hamer to, to, to an extent um, you know th th these guys Jamie Allen especially these guys that last season were not necessarily the, the, the best players in the club but they've they've had that full season one we've now got the fans back which, which again we think we know is a huge benefit but they've now got this self-belief that yeah you know what we, we do belong at this level and, and they've proved it they've yeah really I, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, I'll echo I'll let some of that as well, mate. When it, it's some style, I suppose. That, that, who does that man management behind the scenes is, is, up, is, is I suppose, is up for debate because we, we don't see that much and we never will. But whether Robbins is that... And I, I look back to like Harry Redknapp and Harry Redknapp was a fucking great man manager and arse tapper, as I call them, because you look at what happened to Bale and he, he came from Southampton did really, really shit in his first 30, 40 games with Spurs. Couldn't fucking buy a win, couldn't buy a goal. 
Redknapp comes in, becomes an arse tapper, and he's fucking where he is. But Robbins and the team, the coaching team, have to have a, a massive amount of credit for what they're doing with the players. Because I like the Jokeres, right? And I'll go on about Jokeres because I knew what he had at St. Paul, and we talked about this before. I've seen him there, I knew he was a, knew he was a capable player, and people last season, oh, he came from Swansea, he weren't fit, he'd been treated like shit at Swansea and at Brighton to all extents. Played out of position. Oh, yeah, played out of position, came towards and he looked easy as fuck, right? and everybody could see it, but he, he still had that movement, he still had that capability of picking the ball up and doing something with it and scoring a few goals. And people are like, oh, no, and this, this money that's been banned about it, we're signing for, whether it's in million, whether it's less than a million, whether it's in, you know, 750 grand straight up or it's on the payments, I don't really give a fuck at the moment because it looks like money well spent, right? Well, he's paid for himself already for me. It was always, it was always going to be. And he, he looks, I think about it, he's a young lad. He's only going to get fucking better the more he plays. And I've said this, well, I said this on the live, I think. The consistency we need, we need to play to play consistently. They've believed in by fans and coaches and managers, given that chance to shine and they'll do something. And the same could be said of Alan coming back in a team. And I, 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 I wrote him off at start season. How wrong am I now? I'm eating my own words. Mate, same as that. I'm, I'm eating a lovely slice of humble pie with Jamie yeah. Allen. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do so. I would, I would have drove him to Rotherham at, some, at one point. Yeah, and I'm happy to say the same, mate. Saying I've written him off, said that he's not the player that we need and he's come back. But the difference is with him, and I, I think we can look at players and call him out for what it is. He's knuckled down, he's fit. He's probably one of the fittest players in the club, mate, in pre-season. And he's shown he's got a bit between his teeth and he wants to play for the club. And it's not like... It sounds daft because you don't always get out of players that are not associated to the city. But then you've got on the other side, you can talk about the players that are homegrown, that people want to play, they play shit, and then go, oh, well, he's not quite fit. Oh, fuck it. He needs to knuckle down and get fit then, doesn't he? It, yeah. It's, it's one of those ones. But we're, we're, we're tangent it off again, aren't we? We're digressing. But it's, it's good to have a conversation about stuff like that. But I, I think the biggest thing for me is, yeah, we've got all those factors but, and those mitigating points, in it, as you've said. I just don't want us to fall away. In fact, we've had a great start. I don't, it sounds like I don't care. I, I, I don't care about promotion. I, I don't think it's there. No, 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 I don't, no, I don't want us to go up. I know it sounds daft. I don't want us to go up because look at what happens to Norwich. Yo-Yo Club and all that shit. I'd rather have a couple of really good successful seasons building on what we're doing here and enjoy the football and watch it. And if we go up, we enjoy the vibe there. But you don't want to fucking plummet from grace and show that we've got, we've got no well, boy at the end of the season. Well, the, the one thing I will say about going up before we move on is look at Blackpool when they went up. Yeah. They went up and their owners got greedy, took all the money, the parachute payments, whatever. Yeah, Sunderland has happened there as well. Everybody, as good as the owners have been the last couple of years, we all know that they're business people. Yeah, they are, mate. If we went up, the, the, the influx of money that will come into the club, I don't think we necessarily would get invested into the playing staff. I think it would clear debts. Um, and fill pockets that have been emptied over the last few years, and then and then God knows what. So again, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'd rather have that steady build of three or four seasons. Um, I, mate, I, I'd take three or four years of tenth place all day long, happily be a Preston for the for the next five years, and then build slowly, slowly, slowly. So we have that squad. You you look at our squad at the minute. Who, who of them will play if we make the Premier League? And if we're being honest, three at a push. Mm. It is difficult, mate. And it's, it's a different level, isn't it? And I just don't think, you know, I don't want us to be that club that has that, takes that record off Derby. If it's still <laughs> no, Derby. Mate, no. um, yeah, I think it is, mate. That's a fucking shocking season. But anyway, we'll talk about a different club than that. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. So on the subject of the current crop of players, um, who, who's your favourite out of this lot? Um, I'm, again, it's a different player for different things, I suppose. And I think but she's wrong. So I think he's a cracking player, man. And I said that from the from the start when we saw him on loan, and he's not my favourite player, clearly, but he's he's a cracking player. And to to justify that, and people think he's a lot of shit still. I think mean, he's a different player this season, but. We paid a bit of money for it, but try, try grabbing a player that's played that many games in different variations of whatever league structure we've played in for the amount of money we did. And you're not going to do it, right? Mm. Not for that and not for where he's come from. So he's got pedigree. He just needs given time again. And he starts to show that. However, going back to the player that I think... So I can't... O'Hare is probably my favourite player just for the fact, again, I go back to Bumbers off seats moment, right? Yeah. And we talked about with the players I talked about going back and throwing it back to the 90s, he's just we've had to any sort of exciting playmaker, technical ability, the skill sets to dazzle people and do something out of nothing. That said, his end product at time is massively lacking, whether it's finishing or his final ball. And again, if, if you add that, I think we all know, and we've talked about it from a day on our chats and, you know, just the likes of you, me and Dave say the same shit. If, if you do that, he wouldn't be here. So, and by the grace of God, I'd, you know what? If you can only finish six goals in a season, this stage it was I'm more than happy with that because he starts double bagging, then we're we're in we're in shit. And we're losing. Do you know uh, what Robin said himself the other week, and I don't know if you've seen it. He he, he came out and said, "I'm happy with Callum not scoring because the second <laughs> second he does, he's not my player anymore." Exactly, mate. And he's he's enough to know it, right? And you look you look man, and it's fortunate, mate. Because I think he's. I wouldn't say he's too good for us because he's not. He fits into our team like a vital cog. You go elsewhere and you think, where would he play in different teams? And it's, I struggle to look at the teams that he'd fit into in the championship because they don't play that like a football. Like, mm. you look at the football we play, then you look at the, the Middlesbrough game, the Cardiff game. And for me, dinosaur football, dinosaur managers. Um, you yeah. played Peterborough and he doesn't sit in that, he, he would never sit in that team anyway because he couldn't afford him. But even in that side, they play better football than anybody else has against us this season at home. Yet they lost and still got looked to made a bit silly, to be fair, at the end of the game. Um, but he, he wouldn't start into that team. You know, the only thing I ever see him doing is if if the likes... And I know we talk about different club again. It's like he would fit into a Norwich system. If Campwell went, yeah. I'd be very suspicious that Norwich, if they got relegated and Campwell will probably go in the summer, they might sniff. And that's the way that I would see it going. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I'm just thinking of the clubs that I've seen this season. The only the only side I can see him fitting into, purely football style wise, QPR probably. He would he wouldn't do a bad job for them, but at the same time, I, I, I think that at the minute that would be a sideways move. I look at I look at clubs in the Premier League as well and, and see where he'd fit in. And I tell he, you he what, mate. he wouldn't at the moment. I, 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 I don't think he would. His but, gateway is going up with us or getting. Picked up by a championship team who then goes, oh, it all falls back from grace and goes back up on Norwich. Um, so he just needs to work on that. He knows himself. I'm, I've got no doubt he'll be in training. He'll be finishing left, right and centre and threading through balls to finish. But it, it, it don't come to fruition, does it, for us yet? But that's a good thing. I mean, we have a favourite, mate, and it probably is uh, feed the yock and he will score. Um, wow. Just just for his, his sheer determination of how he's come back into the team and, and done what he's done. And he's... I hope this this form doesn't end, to be honest, because it's it's mad seeing you know, how much involvement he's had in goals and assists for a player of his calibre, I suppose. And people, again, you look your heart back, people rip him off before he came in, so he ain't going to do that. And it's what a waste of money. And people, again, 
those people have probably eaten humble pie where we were with Adam and we're probably not because we, we probably gave him some back and forth. He'll be fucking brilliant. And he's justifying that very quickly. Um, and the thing is with him again, he, he's not ready for the premiership, but you, you, you think in this year or two's time, if he's still doing what he's doing, he'll, he'll get sold as well. And it's, we are one of those teams where you look at it and you continue to do so, mate. We're, unfortunately, we're still a selling club regardless and we are a platform for the people. And they've, I think the great thing about this club at the moment is if we are where we are come December, January time in that top six, which hopefully we are, we could probably attract that better calibre of player on these Bosmans because there are players that come into the contract and it's nothing like, it's like Clark Salter. He's come to the end of it. He's never going to play for Chelsea. If we're there we are, can we get him? And that's, it's pivotal that we do stuff like that and try to play players and continue to churn through, mate, because people looked at Ostergaard last season. Oh, well, can't replace him. He's brilliant. And to be fair, he was good, but he ain't nowhere near his Clark Salter at the back. The only thing he ever offered Ostergaard for me was going forward, he's getting the end of the stuff. But he never scored off many. He had a, he had like a 50p. He, he banged one in, it come off his head and go somewhere else. But we haven't got that threat, and admittedly we need it. But Clark Salter's a much better defender. You don't get capped for England and 21s and capped in them if you shit. What what I will say about Clark, so and this is the, the last point I'll make on it, is him coming in as a left-sided centre-half with, with a natural left foot has meant Hyam can go back to his yeah. more comfortable right centre-back position. And I think Hyam has been unreal the last few games. Dif- different player, mate. Completely different, different player, player this I season. I think, yeah, I, look, I looked at it... Um... It was a Cardiff game, that game. The back three there, and I think I put something on Twitter, you know, that, that Hoyam and McFadden basically emptied the pockets and, you know, found their strikers in there because that's why I got it. And I overlooked Clark Salter that day. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely overlooked Clark Salter that day. And I think I'm doing that quite regularly with Clark Salter because the other two are putting in these great, great displays. And it's not like I expect from Clark Salter because I think we do. But I think he's, he quietly goes about his business, not doing anything spectacular. But if you fucking take him out of that team, you'll be missing a trick straight away. And that's that's usually a good sign of an immense player. If you, you don't know QPR. QPR before he went off, he was brilliant. I think um what was the other game? Millwall, he was good at Millwall as well. But but there's been a couple of away games, away games especially, where look like I've been stood next to David and gone, wow, you know, he he's had a very, very good game. And what I liked about him, he made his debut at Barnsley away. And when O'Hare was kicking off of their big centre half, he was straight in there. He didn't care. He'd only known the lad half an hour, but he, he was straight in there. That, that'll do for me. Yeah. And that's, so that's the sort of shit that, that we've got to try and look at from a perspective, mate, and try to get those players through the door and signed on the dotted line and on these three year contracts and all this fucking shit from abroad that we've done and they've failed and bombed out um, because that hasn't worked. So continue doing what we're doing, mate. And that's another thing I think we've done well as a club. And I'll, uh, I'll draw a line on that because I know we've got different questions we want to ask, mate. <laughs> Do you know what? I think, I think that's the, a great place uh, to end part one. Um, we'll be back shortly where we'll be speaking a little bit more about Aidy's wider football knowledge. You are listening to What's the Crack? Um, so, we, we talk about your love of Cov um, and, you know, this season and everything else. Let's have a bit of a deeper dive into your wider love of football, um, etc. What's the best goal you've ever seen live, mate? Oh, best goal I've ever seen live. I, it's, it's probably going to come back to Cov, mate, because that's that's all the things that stick yeah. on. I mean, it's you, you've probably got a couple of different ones, and it's trying to <laughs> trying to justify which one comes top. So, as a nineties fan, mate, I think 
you can have the obvious one, which is going to be the, the Hooker B versus United one, which was yeah. in between Christmas and New Year, 28th, I think, December, weren't it? Um, and that that sticks out like a sore thumb because it was against United and what they were doing at the time and that team. And don't get me wrong, they didn't have a lot of duffers in that team, but it probably weren't their full team either, let's face facts. But picking the ball up from where he was, doing what he did, he was it in, absolutely crazy. And I think the limbs on that day, again, it was absolutely ridiculous. I think you look at the other ones that are considerations and one of them's dead cheeky. The other one's an absolute screamer. So the cheeky one is the Dublin versus Newcastle, mate. Just yeah. just for the fact, the sheer audacity of it, mate. Everybody everybody always remembers that. If they were there and seen it live, you always remember the fact that it happened. It, it happened not so long ago. I think, it, it, I think Ipswich did it the week, mate. So Ipswich, yeah. the players got fucking banged off the pitch and he stood behind the keeper, got all the ball, give the keeper a little cheeky one and fucking rolled it across and somebody put it in the back of the net. So it still happened to this day. And I always look at that and think, that weren't the fucking original though, was it? The original was uh, it, might, it might not have been them, but mate, that was the sheer audacity of that. And the fact that fans behind the goal watch it's quiet as fuck. And everyone, go on, <laughs> all the Newcastle fans like oh, screaming and shouting like that. It's fucking brilliant. Mate, it's the age old gag as well, isn't it? Shay Gibbon, the, the only yeah. Irish one that's never seen Dublin. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. So that and then I think the other one that was an absolute screamer. And I think as he as he took did he touch it, I think did he take a touch and then absolutely just give it a shit finger. But either way, I thought, what the fuck are you doing as a kid? And it, Paul Williams, that Paul Williams yeah. shit finger, mate. Yeah, Newcastle. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolute absolute world of a goal. And he took it, probably took a touch. We sat it first. I was what the fuck? Oh, it's flowing. It flows. Boys, it literally every fucker in the stadium erupted for that one because it was oh, just unexpected and I, I can't I, I don't think I can separate them mate because they're all different levels of goals but I think if I had to go if you really push me I'll probably go Williams just for the fact that he'd fucking never expected to do it and the yeah. fact he did that he, he banged it right on the top bins and it was fucking ridiculous cheeky, cheeky plug we spoke to him when, when, when we interviewed him about that goal um, and the joy on his face uh, is a sight to behold honestly uh, when he talks about it and there's a little backstory as well. I don't know if you remember his celebration. He ran straight to the bench. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. He'd been out injured for a while and he ran straight to the physio because the physio said to him before he went out, you're going to score today. <laughs> so, um, didn't expect one like that. I thought he could yeah, yeah, slab it or something. I, 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 I think he bollocks. thought, yeah. Uh, uh, and so uh, uh, I asked the question if he thought it was more important than his goal at White Hart Lane um, there to keep us up. He said, um, he does a lot of talking about the White Hart Lane goal because... He just gets caught up in the emotion of it all. Um, but a, a great listen. Obviously, I'm a bit biased because because it was me uh, interviewing him. But yeah, feel free to go and listen to that one when you finish with this one because it was unreal. It was unreal. Um, you, you, that Newcastle side, you know, ha, was great. Had the likes of Alan Shearer. Um, My unreal team, man. Shake it, shake given, etc. But who's the best opposition player that you've seen in the flesh? Uh, oh, opposition player. Oh, you, you see, I'm going to heart back to, to what we started talking about. Probably off, off, off. I saw, saw Neil just rolling his eyes. That's why I'm fucking laughing here. Because I, I, I know what's coming. <laughs> oh. yeah. my, my, love, love, my love fest is going to go in, go in a different way. And I can talk about Cov till the cows come home. And I think I can talk about the team I'm going to mention here till, till the cows come home as well. And it's, it's no surprise it's going to be a a boy in Munich, Brian and Neil. 
so, do you know what? Let's roll two questions into one. Um, you've got, soft spot. Spot for, you've got <laughs> a soft spot for Bayern Munich, so explain why they're the best players you've ever seen. So, okay, I'll start with soft spot, right? So I'll push two, two UK-based teams in first one for soft spot. So I've got Liverpool and Everton, and people go, how the fuck can you have a soft spot for both of them? I think the simple thing is my mum's a scouser, so it's probably why I can fucking speak until, you know, everything happens. The more I keep chatting, people can't shout. People can't stop me, including Neil. And I digress a lot. Um, so I've got, I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got family ties to both of them. So I've got Liverpool and Everton shirts. Uh, as it is, I was wearing the Everton shirt the other day when we uh, spoke to Gareth Farrelly. What, what, what a top man he is. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, it's obviously, yeah. So, so I'll, I'll go away from that. But the, the Bayern moving, I suppose that's it. And I think, I roll back and I roll back right to I think it's January '98, and there's only eight thousand odd people at Highfield Road when Cov played Bayern, and I think people probably go Cov played Bayern like at '98 during the season. Like yes, we fucking did. Um, it was it was it was a friendly. But again, most people won't know it, right? Most people, it's, it's documented. I don't think anywhere. That's the thing you can try look for it, and I don't think you find anything on it, and. I think it was a, a week or two after we played Derby County in the FA Cup and I watched that as well because it was, it was the season we went on that mental cup when we only got knocked out and yeah, let's not talk about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we played, we played and I went to that and it was, it was, it was just a fucking tour. I don't know, a complete change seeing, seeing the amount of world-class players in that Bayern team. And I'm not saying Cov had world-class players, but I probably didn't really, but let's face facts. But we had some class players, but seeing the difference in calibre of those players. So at that time, I think we had Moldan made his debut after just signing from Grasshoppers on that game. He scored. We had Dublin playing. He didn't score. He came off for Simon Howarth. Simon Howarth scored. So we scored against Bayern Munich, believe it or not. We had Marcus all at centre-back with Gary Breen, and, and we all dream of Timmy Gary Breen's, clearly. Um, then we had, like, Bofing and Salako as full-backs. Talf was playing centre-midfield. I'm just trying to think of how else we played, mate. And you look at the team and think, fucking hell, that's the sort of that's the sort of team we had. Strachan was obviously gaffer. And then you throw into the mix the superstars Bayern had. They had Oliver Kahn playing, Mehmet Scholl playing, uh, Giovanni Albert playing. We had uh, Loaf Mateus playing. We had Lizzo playing. We had some literally genuine world-class players. Carsten Yanka played. You know, all these fucking players playing against cover Eiffel Road and under the lights. And that was that for me, mate. Was was a ch- the first time I've probably been starstruck in terms of the players I was watching. You can we can watch Ryan gigs all you want and stuff like that. But as soon as players like that come over from a, a continental team to play your hometown club, it it opens the world up, mate, in a little different lights and see those superstars play, mate. And we lost 4-2, right? But it was absolutely cracking game. Um, and I still remember, I think that's that started the boy on Love Affair, mate, um, in 1998. It was it was then that I, I wanted their their strip, that the, the white strip with the like sort of sublaminated diamonds in it, the Bavarian diamonds in it and the, the red and blue stripe down the side. And it was absolute class kit. And you just stood there and obviously cover wearing there. The Cox Forty blue and dark blue stripe one with a big badge. Yeah, in it. yeah. So it was the, the kits on display, mate. And I think that kick started kits. I think if you look back at that, it's probably the, the turning point. I had all the cov kits, and it was like, oh, there's, there's more to it than cov kits. And Boylan became a go-to in terms of trying to get the kits. And oh, oh, yeah, I love Boylan, mate. I love Boylan so much. I've got a, I've got a little tattoo of their really 
Mia Samir on my on my body as well, mate. So it's it shows you that I've got that affection. Oh, wow. Quite quite badly so. And it's yeah, it's on my arm, so I don't know if you can put it on to see it, mate. I'll I'll put my arm on, I can see it just here, look. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's there on my arm, mate. It's tattooed on, and it's Bavarian. It sounds that people go, "What are you going to put?" It's off, mate. I love, I love Bayern so much. It's, if I could, if I could support Bayern full time and go there and see them all the time, I probably would. But it's not going to happen. So going to the the Rico and seeing the Morty Sky Blues is the next best thing, clearly, isn't it? But yeah, that was. I probably talked too much now. Neil's going to get bored. No, 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 spoke about this one. He's just let me let me go off from my own. He's like, "Hey, little wank fest ever, Bayern." Yeah, you, you, you've mentioned your big Zen Taylors or Azus. You can fuck off now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you you mentioned the Rico there, um, which, again, brilliant segue. You're doing my job for me, Aids. Um, it's the best ground you've been to, mate. I think Anfield for the prestige, to be honest. In terms of being there, and I think, again, I said I've been to Anfield a couple of times, because it's like a home life fan um, with family. Um I was fortunate enough to be in the cop for the last game that they had in the cop as well, um, and that was the atmosphere there, mate. In that, it was. I look back at it and probably didn't respect it as much as what I should have done because I was probably a kid. But I look back at that and think I was there. It's special atmosphere. It's quite emotional. That fucking that happened, and I wasn't. I'm not a again. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I appreciate it. And I think that ground itself has got a lot of prestige and historical moments to it. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's a proper old school ground. It's not one of those where you look at it and think. You don't want it to move away from the amount of stuff that's attached to it. It's a bit like as with Highfield Road, right? And it's, I wouldn't say we had the, the great amount of success Liverpool did, but a club of that size thinking we need to move away from Anfield, all our history to do something else and probably get on the docks and stuff like that. It's like, no, it's just, it's just no. Um, whilst I've not been to it, I am looking forward to try to get to Fulham away, um, a ground that clearly we've probably never been to in our lifetime because we've never played them. Um, we've bounced around and in and out. So I'm looking forward to go to that. I think the only other ground that I really, really like, mate, and it's it's a ground that's abroad. Um, Kenilworth Road. Oh, sorry. Well, we're going. What are you saying? What are you saying? Kenilworth Road. Kenilworth Road. No, Kenilworth Road. Yeah, no, no. Absolutely. Dog hole. Let's face facts. Going there tonight. So we'll see. Um, no, it, I really, really like. Mate. It's out of the city centre a little bit, but uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf's ground, mate, is is okay. is a banging ground for the fact that not a bad seat now. Cheap seats. It's not hard to get to because you've got the fucking the train on it and stuff like that. But what makes it, mate, are the fans. I went over there and I've seen Dusseldorf a couple of times, and their fans take to any outsiders coming in and look after them like like the fucking brothers and sisters, mate. It's ridiculous how family oriented that club is. Um, and I had tickets that were probably in the Never Regions in the upper stands. Got to speak to some of their Dusseldorf. Ultras, and you think ultras are oh, shit, mate. They're going to be artifacts. They weren't. They just like singing and dancing around and banging the drums and yeah. waving and all the shit about. Got to speak to some of those. Yeah. That's just German singers corner, mate. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it is. But they'll be on the goal, mate, and get all the banners out and stuff like that. And they figured out I was an English lad. Told them I was from Coventry, started cover songs and that, and a few English songs to them, and they started teaching me German songs. And before I knew it, mate, I was I'd be on the goal when the ultras were there, um, because they said, "Oh, we're not having you." being looked after and not being looked after over there and yeah I was, I was behind a goal bouncing away with them mate for a good 95 minutes and I've been back there since and yeah I've whilst my soft spots for Philippa Boyan I probably have got one for, for, for Dusseldorf just for the fact that I've been there a couple of times and their fans have been absolutely fantastic mate so it's recommended if anybody gets to Germany go to a Bundesliga game because they're cheap as chips and 
it's fucking fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, they, they, they are different gravy, the German fans. I used to work with a German lad who was a Munchen Gladbach fan. Mm. Um, and he used to show me videos of games and stuff, and it's just unreal. And the, the pricing of it as well, you know, I, I'm going to go on a little bit of a fucking rant here. Chef United charging £37 for away fans is an Disgusting, mate. Fucking criminal. Right, the uh, old 20 is plenty rule, and it, well, the Germans got that sorted out, mate. I, a plum, not just that, and I think I think we're both similar to this, mate. We can see eye to eye. It's not just that, mate, but the ownership rules over there as well. And yeah. As, again, I'm not going to go too in detail because I think we could probably do a whole pod just on this situation itself as well, and ownership in this country. Building. But yeah, a different different world, mate, in terms of their their price cappings. And you could walk into a a Bundesliga game, mate, and it might be capped at 25 quid, but it's 25 quid around the stadium, no matter where you sit, and you can yeah. get the tickets anywhere in the city, pretty much. So you can go to a you don't have to go to the ground. You don't have to go to a ticket office per se. You can just go to. Uh, I'm trying to think where I got one. I think I've got mine from when I went over there. I realised what I planned. I got mine from a fucking walk-in library, mate, because I just sold them in the library. I was like, yeah. Well, it's a my power genius. He he was saying that the amount of people that, are, that are on a Saturday will will, will go in will go into the, like into the town and be like, do you know what? I'll go to the football today. And it's twelve euro. He said he, he yeah he's twelve euros, and that included a return bus ticket. Yeah, yeah, it does, mate. Yeah, the, the, under, like, like, the underground, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, what? You Phenomenal know, service, mate. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the whole lot, and obviously you, you can drink at your seats there because yeah. they're not lunatics. Yeah, you you know, the, 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 the whole game day experience looks a lot better. So it is one thing that I've said that I, I really want to do. I, I want to get out to to watch a couple of games in Germany. Um, obviously, you, you you've got the yellow wall um, for, for Dortmund, which just looks immense. Um, just to just to be near that, I, I think that would be brilliant. Um, anyone who hasn't seen it, Jamie McAllister, the the, the blind the blind lad uh, on on Twitter, um, I think that's his handle. I'm not being uh, disrespectful. Um, he he's a Dortmund fan as well as a Cov fan, and Dortmund flew him out for an experience. Oh, um, and 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 they did a they did a mini documentary on him, um, and they didn't put him in the yellow wall. They sat him next to it. And you can see him get goosebumps, mate. It's unreal. Um, I, I recommend anyone who hasn't seen that to to try and find that out. It's... Just, just, just in case anybody from Bayern is listening and want to fly me out there for an, an all inclusive special and <laughs> and see what's the crack podcast special, then please feel free to get in touch on my Twitter handle. Yeah, I, I don't mind going out for October Fest in Bavaria. Not a certain, not a problem. I'll wear Lederhosen. Mate, there is a there is a there is a special set of lederhosen that we've got Bayern Munichs uh, and they get hats and jackets. To be fair, I haven't got them. My lads are uh, are keeping. Obviously, I speak to quite often at footy shirts. He's obviously a big Bayern collector and fan as well, and he's got all the gear. He's got he's got more more gear than me. If we were playing a Bayern Munich top trumps game, as is what Neil said about the shirts, he'd he'd win hands down on the Bayern Munich stuff because he's got a special gear. Um, but he's posted that. So if anybody's Bayern fan or him, go fucking check him out. Sound as fuck. <laughs> um, so we've agreed on a lot of stuff, um, but but this this is the point of, of the show that sometimes people tend to disagree, and that's the unpopular opinion. Um, what is your unpopular opinion about football in general? Oh, football in general. I'm, I'm going to strip this back to Cov and link it back to Cov, and then I'm asking popular opinion in terms of. Football. So, in popular opinion of Cov and Cov alone, mate, is, and this this will get each other, there's no doubt, is that we have no we have no rivals, mate. This this bullshit about Leicester haters, Villa haters, and we hate Villa, 
We hate Birmingham, we hate Wolves. Nobody gives a fucking flying fuck about Cov, mate. Absolutely not. Because let's face facts, you can look at it and go, the Baggies have got Wolverhampton, the Blues have got fucking Villa, Leicester have probably got Forest and Derby. Realistically, who's our closest rivals? It's fucking an Eaton Town or Borough or fucking Medef. And we don't play them and nobody gives a fuck about us. Um, and it, it makes me laugh that we, we harp on about, oh, well, we hate Villa. Bruce. When was the last time we played fucking Villa? When was the last time? Over 20 years ago. Who cares? Who cares? When we played it, it's like, and because I because because I support football, I support football, but I collect football shirts. I've got I've got a Villa shirt. I've got a Villa shirt, and people go, okay, oh, Villa shirts, because I liked it, and I don't class as a rival, and we don't play them, and I don't give a fuck about that whole rivalry because it, it doesn't exist. It's a load of shit, and it drives me bonkers when people get in this tit to tat conversation about. You'll go onto fucking Villa's Twitter feed, oh fucking cover, who gives a fuck? Because they don't care about us. So, so what's your thoughts on Sunderland then and, and, and the rivalry we have with Sunderland? Nice little shit as well. Yeah, yeah, I understand, mate. It starts just people that fucking hop back to Jimmy Hill days, mate. Fucking, how long do you want to turf this shit out for? You might as well drag out your fucking dick. I, I get that people still think that way, but most of the people that harp on about Sunderland weren't around. I don't know any of the fucking history behind it, including myself. I know it. But I don't know the history about it and I don't give a fuck because it's got nothing to do with me. I, I weren't around, so why have I got bothered with them? We haven't. Other than we, they, they dislike us because of the fucking the kickoff time got delayed or whatever it is. But a load of shit. It needs to be put to bed. It goes, that's shit. Stop fucking having that conversation. What's to do with us? For me, I, I, I've got a little bit of a disdain towards them purely because I've got a soft spot for Newcastle. So I've kind of inherited yeah, that. But at the same time, like... I, I agree to an extent, especially the Villa one, especially the, the Villa argument. I, I think it's generational. If you look at our dads, potentially, who watched Cov through the 80s and 90s when we were playing Villa week in, week out, yeah, I, I, I could understand there being a bit of something there. But we haven't played Villa in over 20 years. You've got lads that have got that go up the games now or are on social media who weren't alive the last time we played Villa. And that I don't understand. The, uh, the whole the whole conversation, the whole song, the whole shit on the Villa song. When sometimes it, it's not a while. I've not heard it for a while, but it will come out, no doubt, this, this season at some point. But you, I'm going to start it tonight just for you. What that, mate? If you're fucking next night, I'll fucking give you a fucking left up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't care how fucking, I don't care how fucking big you are. Um, you know what I'm like. Um, but the, the thing is, it, it just it perplexes me. Why are we just sing that? Fucking nobody cares. I don't care if it, we're never gonna shit on the village, we're never fucking near them. If we play villain, they're fucking dickers. <laughs> but you know, that's that's the shit. And I, I suppose I, I again you can get you can see I'm getting a little bit fucking agitated with this conversation. I'm the one that fucking led it. So this is a popular opinion, I'm the one that's pissing myself off by talking about it. So, <laughs> so, so I'm 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 this getting off this question. I think this is football, why I love it. Yeah, in football terms, right? In popping on this one. And it, it, this one fucking does me in. Oh, fucking Messi, Ronaldo. Who's a better player? Oh, the fucking question itself drives me bonkers. I wish people would fucking leave it alone. I don't, I, don't give a I don't give a fuck. Now, if we're going to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, then Cristiano Ronaldo right, is the best out of two players for me. Messi is... He's, until this season with fucking Argentina, he's, he's, he caused them the most issues because he did fuck all with them and caused them not to progress. So that's an issue. But we all know that if the original Ronaldo, fat Ronaldo, I don't fucked his knee up, 
ever be talking about him still. We wouldn't be having this conversation. And I still, I still see him as the best player that I've ever seen. And I'm not saying, but even out of those two players, Fat Ronaldo is the player I've ever seen. A ridiculous amount of skills he had. And it was absolutely brilliant. Again, you know, speaking, again, I'll, I'll link back into the Guy Mowbray conversation when he, he was speaking about watching him in his 98 World Cup and hearing about that, that sort of stuff there. You think, Jesus Christ, he got to see him play live. And to play see him play live, mate, it would have been a different, mm, different, different game. But that's, you know, that's that's a different conversation. That conversation just drives bonkers, mate. The whole, yeah, Messi, Ronaldo, who's the better player? Who's a fuck? They both score goals, but Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, has proved himself time and time again in different leagues. And Messi's is, is, yeah. He's, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> well, I, I love how irate we've got AD. Two, two things to touch on from that. If you haven't listened to the Guy Member episode, please go ahead and listen to it. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I was gutted that I missed out on the opportunity because Guy's a, a living legend in my eyes. Um, and it's really insightful. Um, so go and give that listen. And also R9. There'll be kids here that will have only seen him play for Real Madrid or AC Milan later on in his career. Go and look at PSV Ronaldo. Yeah. Look at Barcelona Ronaldo. Look at Inter Milan Ronaldo. Mate, that Inter Milan game he fucking played in fucking Russia or Ukraine, that fucking little boggy pitch, mate. And he ripped him an arsehole. Arsehole he ripped him on that pitch. Absolutely. Sh- well, you wouldn't even walk your dog on it, to be honest. Yeah. And you try to play that game in this modern, the modern era, mate. It would get called off because it was shit. But he ripped, he ripped him a new arsehole. I can't believe it. He, he weaved in and out. People took it around the keeper and spaffed it in the back of the net. If you've not seen that, literally look it up because that is a whole new level of skill when you can do it on that. And then think about the players nowadays, like these modern day players that get called greats. They've got a carpet to play on. They didn't have to, they didn't have to put shit like that, did they? You know, even even Whelan did a shitty Highfield Road turf, mate, against Southampton. Look like a fucking world beater on that when he's, he's bobbly as fuck. You put him in in nowadays, and absolutely, he'd look he'd look he'd look amazing, mate, immaculate. Yeah, no, I I I, I do love Arnon, and um, although you mentioned it's an unpopular opinion uh, about the conversation with with Messi Ronaldo, I think that is an unpopular because everyone will have a favourite and will want to discuss it. What what I will say is popular is anyone over the age of 28 29 will have seen r9 and can absolutely can definitely say that yeah he he was he, he was different different gravy um we, we've got to the part that i love the the nitty-gritty uh as i, as I like to call it <laughs> your city best 11 that you've seen live and oh mate it's tricky we always point out when we're doing this one, this is opinion-based. Doesn't have to be the best technical player. You can be an emotional connection. And two, Eddie's a bit older than some of you lot that go, well, where's Haber? And where's Doyler? Eddie's a bit older. We would, would, would have seen some different players. Um, hence the reason he had his bus pass next year. Um, <laughs> so, it is an opinion. If you don't agree, let us know. You can come on and you can give us yours. Yeah, yeah. So, so boys... Let's get into yours, AD. Um, Mine probably, unsurprisingly, probably harks back to that fucking 90s period, mate. And I don't think there's anybody... There's, there's, there, yeah, there's, there is no modern player in this from the last, I don't know, 
just a couple of weeks. Since we've been out of the Premiership, mate, I don't think there's one player in this team that has played below the Premiership. Bar someone's been yeah. watching Premier League years. <laughs> Not at all, mate. I just I just harp back to where it was, mate. And I think some of it though, some of it was to do with how we spoke to Farrelly the other day as well, mate, and talked about some of the Everton game. And I was trying to weigh up my goalkeeper to start off with. Because there's, clear, there's two clear obvious choices for me. It's going to be Oggy or it's going to be Hedman, right? Yeah. I think as a necessity, I'd always pluck Oggy out because of what he's done for the club, where he's been, how many times he's played for, he's a stalwart of the club. However, however, and it goes like this, was he as good as Hedman when what Hedman did? Probably, probably fucking not, right? And uh, as much as I love him and what he did for the city and how many times he broke his nose for the cause against Ian Wright, <laughs> I, 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 I generally think Magnus Edmund takes that number one spot for me because of what he did during that period in the Premiership years, mate. And, you know, some it's of the same, yeah, we're unreal, mate. And he went on to better things. And he sort I'm of, gonna, come on, I'm throw it out there as well. That green and purple kit. Yes, mate. Oh. Outstanding. It weren't just oh. that, mate. There was, there was a couple of other kits as well that were really unreal during that. We had some real good kits in the Premiership years for those the Black Ox Sport, even the pony stuff, mate, that I've all got. So, but yeah, I'd, I'd say Hedman, mate, for what he did. And I think, I think, yeah, that's that's number one. I think what I'm trying to do as well, my formation, mate, I'll probably on three at the back and I've okay. gone three, five, two to try and accommodate, to try and accommodate a couple of players, mate, to be honest, looking at it. So, um, and I've three centre backs, I suppose, off the bat. Gary Breen, because uh, we all want a team of him. We all want a team of Gary Breen's mate, and he was, he was exceptional, mate. Him as he wound down his contract for us, mate, and he went into uh, the World Cup, whatever it was. Was it World Cup? It was, it was not that, wasn't it? He was, he was, yeah, he was. He was talked about. He was. He was talked about. Um, Going from us, going to fucking like to Barcelona at one stage, and on Bosman free because he was that he was that good during that period for us and the World Cup, absolutely exceptional, mate. And he was different. He was different class, mate. And he was he was quite cheap as well. He was cheap. He was a cheap signing from. Did he come from the Blues? Or was that Dave? Well, I know got Dave from from the Blues. I know got Dave from the Blues, but I I I think you are right um, in saying that we got Gary Breen from the Blues as well. I'm just um, googling it now because that's the benefits of recording on the laptop. Is, mate. Um, I, I don't know myself. I can't remember. I, I think. Yeah, Tony from Blues in '97. How much was it? Two, two million. Uh, two and a half million pounds we paid for him. How many games did he play for us in the end? One hundred and forty-six, according to Wikipedia. We all love Wikipedia, um, but that mate, one hundred and forty-six games, not to be sniffed at. All at top level. He was, he was outstanding during that period as well. Absolutely class defender. A different gravy. Played well for for Ireland. I think. Mean, this is where my choice has got the better of me. And I disagree with making this choice of who's playing here. But I want him in the team. I don't know how to get him in. I think someone else has done it as well. So, Dublin oh, at centre-back. You've got Dublin at centre-back. And I don't want him there at all. For sake. David had him there. I don't want him there. I don't and, want him there and, at all. And do you know what? Do you know who ridiculed that decision? Richard Shaw. Me, I've ridiculed it as well on Dave's, I think, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> okay, let's look. Fuck it, fuck it. We'll, we'll strip him out. We'll strip him out. I'll, I will. I'll go, I'll go Shawzy instead. I'll go Shawzy. Shawzy, we all love Shawzy. So I'll strip, I'll strip Dublin out for the fact that the fact that he's called it out, he's called it out, and uh, yeah, he goes in there for his blistering, his blistering goal. He got a goal for us. He ever got, was it Gillingham or something like that? Gillingham away. 
Yeah, so we'll, we'll have him um, instead because he was a club legend you know as well. What? I, I just want to say one thing on Shazat, and people think I'm a bit biased because obviously we, we, we've interviewed him, and what a lovely bloke he was, by the way. If you haven't listened to that, um, friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we still watch that from time to time. Um, but for him to have such a, a lengthy career, 11 years he was with us. Yeah, and, and you look at some of the centre halves that come and went in that time, and yet he still kept the shirt. It was still in and around the squad. I think he was criminally underrated by the club fans. Yeah, he was. He was, man. And to be fair, I can't. I'm not going to hold up my fucking notepad because I've noted it down about three times and, and literally had him scribbled out, scribbled back in. And yeah. I, I think I took the, the last minute decision to put Dubs in there because I, I wanted to fit him in somewhere, but at the same time, he shouldn't be there. It's, it's criminal that he is there. So yeah. Shawzy, I think the other centre back I'm going for is uh, Ron Burrows, mate. Bugsy, 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 mate. A classy defender, mate. Classy, absolute class defender. Regardless, and that's where you go back and think there's not going to be many people that have him in their teams because they've not seen him. Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate enough to see him, and he was absolutely. He was, but, mate. He was it, that season that I watched in '94. I think he was captain of the team as well. So he was captain, club captain, captain on the pitch. Did everything, let him He was still he's fairly old. I think he was probably he's probably well, not, I think he was younger than I am now, but you know, he was still 30, 35, maybe 34, 35, mate. But absolute brilliant player, mate. He could do everything and he had good spells for City. So that's why he's there. Um, what I will say, mate, that from the people that have played with him and have seen him, he gets in their sides. He he was in a lot of people's um, sides. He, he, he got in. He got in Richard Shaw's side. Um, he, he, I, I think he got in a couple more as well uh, of, of older fans, especially you know, like you said, the ones that have seen him. Paul Williams, yeah. I'll put Bugsy in his. No surprise. Uh, the class shows through, mate. The class shows in the old cream rises to the top, mate. And he's without doubt one of the on our books. Um, Mm. I say modern era, but it's not really modern era. Modern era to to to, to us, I suppose, when we're fans from the nineties, looking at what we've had and the shit we've had come through and the shit we've had to play with, mate, and look at. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my back three. I think it's, you've got you've got Breen, yeah, Breen, Shawzy, and Brian Burrow, Bugsy, and Headman there, mate. That's that is some some defence in my my opinion. Um, again, I've got two. Defenders, obviously, right wing back, left wing back, right wing back. I think most people know where I'll go with this one if I've got it, if I'm going 90s, um, because there's, there's no other player that can play that position. Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce, mate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's a player, mate. Rowan Nielsen, what a player, what a head of hair. Um, he had as well. Yes, Sweden, position, mate. yeah, yeah, literally, he was absolutely absolutely. Uh, the amount of games he played for us, you know, just absolutely brilliant, mate. I couldn't. Couldn't think of anybody better, to be honest. Let's face facts. Um, there's not much else I can say about that, to be honest. Left wing back. It's probably the, 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 the one thing I will say about Ryan Nelson, and I'll bring this up every time someone mentions him. He says a lot that you can only remember. You can remember the one mistake he made. Oh mate, I can't remember that. Ramon Lane, Sheffield United in the FA Cup quarter final. Oh mate, I'll probably strip that out of my mind because oh, mate, what, what it did. burn into my memory. It cost, oh, us the, cost us the game, and it's the the only mistake I can genuinely remember him making in his Cov career. The bloke was a joke. Yeah, I, I don't remember that, mate. So I've obviously, uh, I've just, I've wiped that out of my memory for that reason. <laughs> um, left, left wing back. Um, again, only really one choice for this, shouldn't he? And he's not going to be a modern player. So it's going to be the 90s era again. 
and it's Stevie Froggett, mate. Stevie Froggett. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous player, mate. Class player, scored that shit ping against Everton as well. And what was that? Yeah, yeah, and he... I, don't, I weren't there for that one. I had to watch on Sky, mate, for some reason. I, I remember... I, I, I was there, that. mate. Unreal. Unreal player, mate. And, you know, made, made the England squad as well. Made the England squad at that for us. Didn't play, but made the England squad at the same time as fucking Steve Guppy was around and he got picked, which is oh, how we've got captain, I um, but frog it. And he he was a class player, mate. Just fought unfortunately for him, that fucking shit ass fucking Subby. yeah, tackle is, is fucked him over, didn't it? Um, no, but, yeah. and, and let's be honest, we, we, we've said this multiple times on this podcast, and I'm sure we're not the only people that have said it. If he doesn't get that injury at that point, England had a left side problem. Yeah, without doubt, mate. I'm with you. He he gets capped for England. Yeah. I'm with you, mate. Without doubt, he's he would have got capped. Um, but yeah, that as a as a back five itself, it's probably some of the best back five we've got in terms of what we've got. Um, midfield three is is a is a tricky one, mate. Because I've I've got I've got names down here, right? I've got. I've got Wee, I've got Boating, I've got G Mac, I've got Hadji, I've got, I've, I've even thrown David Thompson in there, mate. What time I was? Oh, mate, and I've got, I've got to try to pick three out of those. They're my, they're my, what's, what's that? Five. There's my, my five. I've got to try to whittle down to three, mate. And I've got my hands on my head, scratching it, thinking, how do I pick? And um, I've, I think it picks itself, to be honest, mate. I think it goes Gary Mack in the middle, mate, because of, everything he did for us as a club uh, I suppose up to the age of about 36 when he pissed off to Liverpool um, and did well, come into a world beat there mate as well um, but yeah signed for what about 2 million quid from Leeds or 3 million quid from Leeds and I couldn't believe we picked no, him I, up I, I know it was a pittance yeah spuffed a load of cash in his wages though which probably did us in terms of long run but hey he, absolutely class uh, as a midfield general and maestro there for us in terms of what he did is his set pieces a dead ball, mate. We've had nothing like that since. And people harp on and go, oh, Hamer's dead ball. He's got nothing on Max, mate. Um, then I think either side of him, I'm going Hadji straight away. Morocco magician, mate. You can't look any further than that. Can't look any further than that. He was outstanding. Those Anyone couple of we had. in their boots is good in my books. Yeah, cooked it. I don't know if I want to know if he ate it afterwards. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that, I, I, I harp back against him. some of the goals he scored, but that goal against, Arsenal, I think it was Boxing Day when we beat them. And I, again, people will be there for that. And I think I was there for that as well. But that that goal there made Seaman look like oh, he literally yeah. stood scrambling, thinking, I don't know what's going on. It started outside the goal and in the bottom corner. So I'm like, oh, it's absolutely worldy uh, from from him. But he was he was a different grade when he came in. And I remember all the fans wearing probably Fezzes in the stands. Oh, and <laughs> uh, him, uh, Sheepo, and Safri, more or less. I found yeah. Safri came but those three is Moroccans, but yeah, uh, uh, and then you and then you had the old song, the cheapo, yeah, had cheapo. Oh, still, to you know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that's like, I think the other, the last one is, is the flip of the the corn wheel and boating, mate. But I think what I said about wheeling earlier, I can't leave him out. Wheeling was again another player that I can't believe that we signed him back when we signed him. And that, you can look at the reasons probably why we signed him, which was a bit of a lad, like to be a, like to be, you know, like to be about the town and that, and that's Leeds probably couldn't stand it. Um, and there's, there's a fair few stories to go with that. And I suppose hopefully you get a chance to ask him some of that stuff as well at some point. And, and on, on his, on his live set, we've got with him on the uh, 18th of February. Tickets are available. Um, you're, you're, uh, you're getting good at this, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Trying to, 
trying to, yeah, just, I can't justify it. He's in there. He's in there as a midfielder, whether he's an attacking midfielder, but that is an attacking. The only person I've got holding there is, is, is Mac. <laughs> I've got McAllister hold on his Mate, own. He can play like a quarterback, just spraying passes out. So I've got them. And then my front two, mate. And um, clearly, it's the dreamboat Huckabee gets in there because yeah, what's a city side about Huckabee? Um, and I don't need to do any more talking about Hooks, to be honest, because, yeah, he's brilliant. And he always was. Um, again, picked up from a pittance from Newcastle. Um, and the other one, one season wonder, and I weren't going to stick him in, mate. And this is another the flick of the, whether it's going to be Dublin or Keno. And I think Keno goes in there for me just for his one season we have with him. And the fact that oh, it was, oh, mate, it was a magic season. Romance, it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, mate. Like, it long, but we enjoyed the memories while we could. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's like my, meeting a nice Greek waiter or wait, waitress. Sorry, waitress. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, he was phenomenal for us, mate. And again, you know, goal against Arsenal when he took it down, flicked it down, so his boot went in. Those goals against Derby, you could just call that out anything he is. He's probably one of the most skillful players that we've had on our books as City fans. And we, we took to him like really well. And obviously, we, we moved him on for a phenomenal fee, but we didn't see any of that fee. That's face packs. That went back into the pockets of the coffers. And, um, yeah. and the, the demise of the club began, mate, when a well known Craig Bellamy came in to him. And Lee said about that better, from my opinion. But yeah, that's my team. So, uh, Hedman, Bridgesy, Burrows, Nielsen, Froggett, Whelan, McAllister, Hadji, Hooks, Keane. And I think manager was, mate, there's only one person to take the hot seat, and that's the, the in charge, Mark Robbins, mate. 100%. Best, best manager we've had. You've, you've got some players there and some leaders. Who takes the armband, mate? Oh, difficult one, right? I've, I think I'd give it. I think I'd give it Gary Mack, right? Because I saw most of him. Whereas I probably could give it Bugsy, but I wouldn't because he was coming to the end of his career. So I didn't probably see him as prime, but he was still a phenomenal player. So Gary Gary Mack probably takes it, mate. Happy days. That is a hell of a side. Let's not um, let's not get it twisted. Um, hey, it's, it's been brilliant talking to you, mate. Um, in, in an official capacity, shall we say? Um, rather than ranting at WhatsApps, uh, 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 <laughs> um, hopefully everyone gets to know you a little bit more from this, and they can, if they don't already, drop your follow on Twitter at it's eighty underscore Oilif. So it's actually my name. I'm not one of these that hides behind a, a, a shirt persona. I have got a real name and a face on it, but you can find myself on there. So I think I'm having a moment on Twitter today. I've retweeted something about followers, so people are having a moment today about people freaking. Pissing about with shirts, not sharing. They don't. They're fucking there for the followers and they're being absolute dicks. And I've called them out for it. And I've sent it out again today and retweeted it. <laughs> Feel free to have a look at that. Wonderful, mate. Honestly, it's it's been class. And um, we'll, we'll try and hopefully I'm going to try and get this out before we go to Luton tonight, so we can have a conversation about it when, when I bump into you, Luton, mate. Yes, mate. Hopefully, we'll uh, hope for, for for three points, mate, and hope for a decent away day. I'll no doubt see you there, mate. And hopefully, there's a few other people that are there that want to speak to Timmy and Neil and the other boys that do the what's the crack. Feel free to approach us. We're not monsters, and we'll chat football to you all day long. Hundred percent. Play up, squad blues. That's it, Dave, mate. What's the crack podcast? Follow us on social media for all of the latest news, releases, and giveaways. At What's the Crack PC. Yeah.